You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome back to another special episode of 90S, where we're only drunk enough now to fully entertain you. Uh, we start the show talking about Adventure Time and what it means to be in your element. Uh, we also talk about how maybe girls' and boys' brains are different because they don't like things. Girls, that is. We also talk about American Horror Story, which stars a female as the villain. I, that's related. You can figure that out. We also talk about The Wire, which leads into The Girl Next Door, which is a very scary movie and book written by Jack Ketchum, which oddly aroused John. And then he, I believe, pronounced Riza's new film, The Man with the Iron Fist. Rizava? <laughs> exactly, Scott. What else? Uh, we talk about a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood, and then a bunch of Australia stuff, and then how they invented poop toilets. Uh, we send one out to all the jars we've loved before. Talk about Arrow, The Wire, uh, John Michael Straczynski, Joe Michael Straczynski's Bab Five, Spider-Man, Marvel making bad choices, and then Alan Moore and Swamp Thing and Vertigo Comics. Which naturally lead us into The Watchmen, and uh, for some reason we get into politics, secession, the election results, Colbert's super PAC dissolving, and how teeny, eeny, tiny, tiny Canadian scandals are. And then we blather about music for a couple minutes, and I'm not even going to list all these bands, but we talk about like seven different bands. And then um, 9 to 5 gives the official stamp of approval to Dumpstone. <laughs> All this and more on another very special episode of 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Pretty much the only reason we do this podcast, John. Okay, so you remember in that Adventure Time episode where he goes to the dungeon and uh, Princess Bubblegum is like, absolutely do not go into this dungeon. Yeah. And then he goes in the dungeon and there's like a the jelly... cat who knows almost, almost knows everything. <laughs> knows everything. And there's like the jelly cubes and the skeletons and whatever. And <laughs> Finn is like, I'm in my element. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking, I saw that I would just rewatch that episode. And okay. I was thinking to myself, when am I in my element? I have eh? no fucking idea. Um, I... I think that if you have, like, a horror movie of some variety happening on one screen, and then, like, League of Legends happening on another screen, and maybe Reddit on a third screen, and then you, like, qualify as in your element. Or, like, instantaneous act, like, while a news event is happening. Yeah. So you're, like, monitoring the news event while playing a video game and watching a horror movie. Is that your... There was was maybe one moment last week where I was, like, somebody was like, hey, I want to get some Indian food, and I do not know where there is an Indian restaurant. And I was like, I know where there's an Indian restaurant. And then I described it to him, but I was like, you go down this staircase, and then you go around this passageway, and on your right there'll be a little Tim Hortons or whatever. And I described it like D&D dungeon styles. Right. Yeah, that was in my element. So, so your element is, you're just like, I want to start this episode telling about everyone how I'm a great storyteller. No, I pretty much want to talk about Adventure Time. Yeah! Because Scott, you was mentioning it before, and I think all three of us now are watching Adventure Time quite a lot. Yep. Well, oh, yeah. I've I've seen season one and bits of some of the stuff that's on TV of two and three. Yeah, yeah, it's on. If you you have Teltoon, mm-hmm. whatever Thursday nights is where they're playing the most recent episodes in Canada. Yep. So they also play some on Monday nights. So no, I they play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
at the same time as they play on Thursday, but those aren't new episodes. Yeah, but De- definitely don't watch new episodes if you haven't watched the end of season three because it's like a big. Yeah, deal. but they're only up to season three in Canada. Like, well, I'm like, oh. what, what I'm downloading or downloading, PVRing actually. Yeah, yeah. So used to downloading and <laughs> actually PVRing this shit. Yeah, what I'm PVRing is season three episodes, but they're new for like they're new for Canada. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Have you seen the list of? voice actors on that show? John actually I, I was the guy the who list. mailed that to everybody. That list is and it was awesome. incredible. I can't believe how many freaking people are on that show. Henry Rollins. I need to rewatch that episode. He plays Punches Rainicorn's dad. Mm-hmm. So guys, how you doing? What? So, Scott, when are you in your, in your element? <laughs> uh, I'm in a sports bar and it's trivia night and they say the categories are NHL hockey and comic books. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Why don't we go to trivia nights? We'd have a fucking great time. I feel like that's too much work. Yeah, you might be right about that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if if trivia nights happen and we're around, we can do them. But I feel like... Don't they do it at Fiddler's Green? Yeah, they they, they, they do Fiddler's Green. uh, What do you call it? Ted. Ted and his crew go down every every Sunday. No shit. Yep, we could go and play against Ted. My my wife had her, her best friend and her husband over once. And they were like, let's play Trivial Pursuit. It was Nadine and Tim, and I was yeah. like, boys versus girls. Dude. And they got really <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> I thought that would be awesome. <laughs> there was that time where Nip and I played couples trivia for Uh-huh. <laughs> where it was just like, it's, we were over, and like, Ronan was still with Jenna, and like, Anthony was still with, or was with Stephanie, and as they still are, and there was like another couple or whatever. There was like, Three couples than me and Nip, and they were like, "Ha ha, Keith and Nip get to be a couple." And we're like, "We're like them. a trivia couple. <laughs> like this is not gonna bode well for anybody." They're like, basically, we just got hung up on sports until it was a hockey question. Right. Like that, that was it. Like it was like music, movies. Oh yeah, it was '80s edition too. So or what something. you're saying is girls are bad at trivia? I'm saying girls are bad at the '80s <laughs> <laughs> and trivia. Maybe it's because we all date younger women. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Girls are pretty bad at trivia, but I think that has to do with the thing of like how the brain works. Go on. It's it's like how um, what is it? Like the like female brains are wired to have broad knowledge, and like male brains are bo- like wired to have specific knowledge. That's go, like a thing. Go like on. Actual trivia knowledge is. Do you think that's trivial. true? I do think that's true. That's well, like it's a definitely study. a little bit of trivial knowledge. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Calling that knowledge implies some actuality behind it. I'm not really sure that that's the case. Yeah, no, I feel like that that that's a thing that I read in like an academic thing. Is that like the brains are wired. It's not to say that like either one are like cannot grasp the other or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if like a girl wants to like go into trivial knowledge or like like minutia or whatever mm-hmm. and guys want to like gain broader knowledge and broader understanding and stuff like that, they, they totally could. Yeah, what mm-hmm. are you you're not even you're stenographing. I didn't poorly. I forgot. Because <laughs> you're holding the pen. Oh my god, did you watch? Anyway, so I think it's a thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's really true. We can look it up. Well, maybe we will. Everybody, just hold tight. We're going to be quiet for a few minutes while we look something up. I'm not really that curious about yeah. this. You should be, though. It's like your girlfriend's I'm domain. pretty much just going to talk to my girlfriend, and she's probably going to say that you're a complete fucking idiot. That's my guess. Yeah. Your girlfriend I'm does that just about everything, though, so you're going to need to take that with a grain of salt. So I was hanging out with Keith, that complete fucking idiot? Yeah. <laughs> And guess what he said? He said girls' brains are wired not to understand trivia. Yeah, not to not to understand it, not to not understand it, but to like they don't grab shit the same way. Mm-hmm. I can def I definitely just like every girl you know doesn't grab information the way every boy you know. There, there, there seems to be a gender difference in the way we like retain. And I don't. Grab know, I think maybe girls do shittier at Trivial Pursuit, and that might. I don't. I don't 
But like, wow, because girls, you know, all those stats buffs who have girls and whatever else like that. Like, they don't even know stats about like their own shit. Wow, like, dude. fucking, they don't even know stats about their own shit. Girls. <laughs> uh, so we no, seriously. I, I mean, like, uh, I hate to agree with Keith, yeah. but like, if you were to ask a, a, a huge fan of soap operas who about the daytime Emmys in terms of trivia, they wouldn't be able to have the same answers that I would about the NHL awards. Yeah, I, I think I hate to say it, you're goddamn right, um, but I don't know if that's a cognitive thing. God. Like, it might just have to do with how they like absorb information. Like, we, yeah. we, like, like my my understanding I, of it they, was. I just think they don't really like things as much as we do. They don't like things. Like girls, in general, girls. I'm, don't I'm like writing things. this one down too. Girls don't I, even know stats about their own shit. And they don't <laughs> like things. No, but like, unless that really pisses them off, then they'll remember it. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is I, I like think, this, but I think that they, when they don't like in those picking up teeny tiny little bits uh-huh. things, they they gain by having like. Being able to see big pictures easier than we can, like big seeing pictures. like global, like <laughs> oh lordy, this is good. What do you mean? Well, that's like like big pictures, like photographs, dude. Do we uh, have any other sexist topics we can go over? Um, uh, Jews, Jews, <laughs> sexist, sexist Jews. <laughs> Jews are pretty sexist. <sighs> big American Horror Story news and Frank. Yep, <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking get that at all. I, but, like I said, it has its place, right? Okay, so if you're watching American Horror Story, and you should be, yeah, you should be. Season two takes place in an asylum, and there's a. But see, but they have the past of the fact that it takes place in the asylum, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So it, she it, could just be a crazy chick who thinks she's fucking Anne Frank. Totally. Like they have that free pass. This character shows up in the insane asylum who says, well, "Yeah, I'm Anne Frank," and. Yeah, they thought that I was dead, but it, it was mistaken. They can't tell starved bodies apart. And she realized, like, very quickly that her, her her diary had become this, like, cultural icon and made her into a bit of a martyr. And if she, like, presented herself, well, then all of a sudden the martyr's gone and the book will be much less meaningful. So she just, like, decided not to come clean to the world. And then they threw her in this insane asylum. Presumably there's some other devious aspect to her character. Well, no, she, uh, she fucked up. Oh, yeah, she killed a, somebody. No, she killed or fucked them up. Because yeah. remember they were just sort of like forced admittance or whatever. I think she just like yeah. beat up some dudes and the dudes were like crazy and they dropped her off. And so right. it's like right. uh, two or three dudes drop off a lady and say crazy in the 60s. She's mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Put her right. in the fucking pen. Should watch right. American Horror Story. Nope. Oh, you really should. Why not? I watch some other stuff. I'm watching, I'm watching The Wire right now. Season 2. How far are you? Yeah. You see, oh. Seeing what I'm saying about season 2, there's like some characters that just don't... don't That's not even characters. I'm just... They're at the point where they're just getting ready to raid, yeah. but they're a step behind again, and everything is going to hell. And I'm just like, get it together, you fucking cops. <laughs> God so, damn it. <laughs> Speaking of get it together, you fucking cops. Yep. The Girl Next Door. Yeah. So John wow. and I watched The Girl Next Door. I had previously read the book. Jack Ketchum, was it? Jack Ketchum's The yep. Girl Next Door, yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the, is it uh, Sinkowitz or Gertrude Sinkowitz? Or uh, I don't know. Ben Sinkowitz or something like that? It was a wacky last name, but it was, yeah, it was Gertrude. <laughs> wacky. Yeah. Anyhow, based on the actual events of this woman taking um, a girl and her sister in as like. Wards? Wards or like. Yeah, something like that. She was like, supposed to get money for like caring for these they girls. Were, they were carny kids. And yeah. they were sort of like, it's no good traveling with a carny. Um, which is not really in the book, but it's like. Because, you know, like, she's like, yes, Mrs. Ruth, and she's like, call me Auntie Ruth. Like, yeah. It's implied that they're not even related, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so whatever the case may be. The, the real has got sp- issues. 
Yeah, that that lady got issues. <laughs> the real story, kind of mirroring the book, is she slowly just fucking goes bananas, fucking ends up tying this girl up in her thing, like sexually and physically abusing her, but also in like the weirdest part of it, recruits the her kids and the neighbor kids. To participate in the torture. And this is, like, based on the true story. Like, neighbor kids would just come over and, like, shit on her or whatever. Like, kick her in the face and, like... Make make her her, eat her her own own feces. And And they're like, ha-ha, this is Stupid little girl. That was it. And then she dies. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's the fucking story. Uh Uh-huh. Like... And while we were watching the book... The more you know... Yeah. Yeah. And while we were watching the movie, we were like, man, how are the authorities These cops are so fucking incompetent. And then we were reading the, the true story today... Cops equally incompetent. Mm-hmm. Like she was just like she told the little sister like lie about your big sister, tell her that she ran away. She goes to the cops and like she ran away. And cops are like, works for me. Like don't search or anything. Like hearing these weird stories about like someone girl going up and they're like, nope, I guess she ran away. And it was just like, I think part of it was that it was like set in such a suburban white bread normal area. Like cops just don't expect something of this ludicrous magnitude. Yeah. You know, like you just you. It's like it'd be like walking in and finding a giraffe in somebody's basement. You know, like it's just so out of place. And um, totally true story. And the, the movie, man, it was so like, it was just grim. You know, I, uh, you want to say that it's like a horror film, sort of, but yeah. it really like there was nothing fantastical or storytelling to gussy it up. It was like really just this horrible thing happened. Here it is in exquisite detail. And then there's no resolution or wrap up at the end. It's just like that's the end of the story. She dies. <laughs> it's not it's like you can't even. Can't, I, I'm trying to think of other movies that would like go into it. And like you want to say like American Psycho, sort of, but that's it. Isn't there's like a an arc to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. She, I can't even think of another film like this. Just fucking. It's horrible. It's horrible, man. Horrible, horrible, horrible and horrible. fucking graphic. I can't believe they got that chick naked, full frontal in the in the movie and. Yeah. Hard to watch. Yeah, really hard to watch. Recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) I would though. Like I would recommend it though. Like like, to who? To someone like who wants to watch? Who's complaining about their shitty life? Who who maybe hasn't seen enough graphic torture? The deconstruction of a little girl. Like yeah, but I mean, but like it's like I don't know. I mean, maybe because I read the book, Mm -hmm. and the book was like. I don't even know what the point is of, like, reading the book or watching Yeah, like, But, I mean, like, what's the point of reading the book or watching a horror movie? Like, I guess... But, like, this is in the in the, in, in its own way. Like, the, the most real horror. Yeah. Like, you watch this and you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, yeah. teach your kids to fucking talk to you. Holy shit. And, and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, man, that's, that's it. With horror, there's some entertainment value to this, to it, right? And in, in, with this film, you can, like, to say it was entertaining would be to make light of this girl's plight. Like, it really wasn't an entertaining movie. Oh, no. Definitely, like, I was, like, I, I want to say aroused, but not aroused sexually. Uh, like, my interest was aroused, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that I was entertained, you know? You were engaged. I was engaged. That's better than aroused. It yeah. is a better word than aroused. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I was watching this movie yeah. about a teenage girl. <laughs> and I was too messant. <laughs> the, the first my, word it, that my came to mind was too messant. Was arousal. You <laughs> <laughs> take this down, John. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. It should, I haven't it seen it. Good. Keith recommends it. John found it arousing. My interest. <laughs> my He's interested in arousal. arousal. We also saw um, The Man with the Iron Fist. Yeah. The Rizza. The Rizza. Rizza. <laughs> Rizza. 
<laughs> Write down John doesn't know how to pronounce Ariza. Great. <laughs> it's R-Z-A. The Rizza. The Rizza. He had a friend named the Jizza. That's great. G-Z-A. What did we? What did we? What did we say about this? I, think, I don't even think we have that much to say about this thing. If you watch the trailer, yep. don't expect more than the trailer. I didn't see the trailer. So, okay, well, I'm just telling you. Okay. Some of the coolest bits are in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's equally cool bits that are also in the movie, but like, there's nothing that blows your fucking mind. But it just mm-hmm. goes good, start to finish. Riza can't act. The Not worth a damn. I actually, act. I actually think he was he was really really bad in his opening two scenes. Just like so artificial and wooden, and obviously like, hey guys, I'm on a stage, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was so bad. But then he got better later on. He must somebody must have like sat him down and said like, okay, you got you got to be a little like Roth or Tarantino or yeah. someone. Just was like, come on, Rizzo. really, come on, man, just fucking fucking shape up here. Mm-hmm. So I think he got better, and like it, like I I felt like my impression was so heavily colored by the opening. His opening bits of dialogue that were just so poorly done. Maybe, but whatever. There was fun action. Batista was really cool. Yep. Yep. He he's like the wrestler there. He's in this he's thing. Brass you know, body. Brass body. Like goes all made of brass when people punch at him and stuff. Yeah. Great. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe was very cool. He was. Uh, I I read that he was like a drunken maniac. Didn't make any goddamn sense on the uh, when he was on set. But I actually thought he he like did his role. What do you mean his drunken maniac didn't make any sense on set? Like, he just showed up blotto all the time? That's what apparently the rumor was, that he, like, he was on set for this film for, like, only 20 days out of the whole shoot, and he, like, showed up, fucking stumbled around, yelled at everybody, didn't fucking make any sense, and then stumbled off at the end of the day. That was, like, his participation in this film, but... Works. Yeah, whatever, man. He fucking... He, he was very entertaining. He's method in acting. <laughs> well, it was like, uh... What's his name? Or he's Australian. No, 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 but Dennis Hopper was an Australian. Dennis but he was, was in Australia. But he was playing in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that's method acting. <laughs> exactly. You know that story? No. Dennis Hopper in Australia where he was playing Mad Dog... McGrew. Not McGrew. I just made that up. Might I be don't Milbury. Know. Mad Dog Milbury or something like that? It was like the Australian Western movie. Yeah, it's like the Australian Western movie, but it's based on actual like folklore. It'd be like the... Uh, like the Doc Holiday or whatever. More more crazy. I don't okay. know. Who was a, who was a crazy... Why the old timey Western person, Scott? What, like Billy the Kid? Like crazy? Or... Is Billy the Kid crazy? I don't know. Think, think about Deadwood. Um, what's his face? The guy at the start of it who dies. Um, you guys didn't watch Deadwood? Nope. Whatever. It's just a wild Wild, wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Hickok. Maybe. There you go. So, yeah. Mad Dog, whatever his name was. And he showed up just fucking completely intoxicated and just stayed intoxicated. Was completely drunk in every single solitary scene of the movie. Also stole a car and then drove it through a cemetery. Drink. Not as part of the movie. Just, just did that. Just like Dennis Hopper. Yeah. And he's not... He wasn't... He is no longer... Well, I mean, now he's no longer doing anything. He's dead. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was not... In that county, he was not even allowed to be a passenger in a motor vehicle anymore. <laughs> like, was the ruling. Yeah. Like, he was not allowed to be... In a motor vehicle in that county. What was that movie? The the documentary that we found out this story from. Oh, uh, Not Quite Hollywood. Not Quite Hollywood. If you haven't seen that, John, that's totally worth watching. What is it? It's a documentary about Australian filmmaking. Exploitation filmmaking. And the culture that Oh, we talked about led... that when we went to go see um, Chicken Shoot. Yeah. 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 The culture shoot. that Turkey led... Shoot. Yeah. The culture that led to it becoming completely exploitation right because they got a whole bunch of government grants and and benefits and stuff where it just became perfectly profitable to make horrible movies because they were English and they also had no film board 
So there was no like you didn't have to. There was pay no your, oversight. No, you didn't have to pay your actors like scale. You didn't have to have Ew. any sort of safety concerns. <laughs> Insurance for a film was not a thing pretty, that they thought about. Maybe it was Turkey Shoot where they had like yeah they like were firing pretty... live bullets over the actors' heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't they didn't get the blanks in time. So like whatever. I have these regular bullets. Yeah, just to <laughs> the the dude actually punching a woman in the face, <laughs> like on camera. Just yeah, clocks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it starts off with these really horrible artsy films, mm-hmm. and then goes into sex exploitation and sex comedy. Yeah, and then just goes full schlock. Yep, insane horror. Not quite Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Right. They talk about that amazing shot in. Uh, Amazing shot in the original Road Warrior, I think, mm-hmm. with the motorcycle fucking blasting along at like 150, 160 miles an hour. That whatever. actually. And the shot where the because like the cool part about the shot is the speedometer's in it, uh-huh. and they're like, "That's not rigged. Like, <laughs> that is not a rigged speedometer. That's just a fucking like camera. a guy gunning it. No, that's a guy gunning it with another guy sitting in the back seat, with one arm around him, the other arm on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and also, no closed roads. Like the entire the entirety of Road Warrior, Road Warrior was shot. Like, car chases and explosions should on not closed roads. Between like, traffic. Like, nobody amazing. drives on this road. Let's fucking flip a car on it. I went back and rewatched it. There's an amazing amount of civilization in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really... He's like a cop in, in yep. the real world. And they uh, just don't talk about... Like, the difference between that and Thunderdome is like... But I wonder how quickly that would fall apart in a wait, place... not Thunderdome. In a, what do they call it? Uh, Mad Max Beyond, no, Max the Thunder. Beyond yeah, Thunderdome. 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 Okay, it's, yeah. it's Road Warrior, Mad Max 2... And then Mad Max Beyond, Beyond the Thunder. Yeah. yeah, but like, I wonder how quickly that would fall apart in a place like Australia. Like, say, because like the the uh, my understanding of the Mad Max series okay. is that there was like a horrible like nuclear apocalypse or whatever else like that somewhere else that took out the entire planet and Australia's just left. Right, and that's where Mad Max picks up. It's kind of like we're just gonna cling to society, but like, how quick would it fall apart, especially a place like Australia? Not a fucking. Nowhere near the resources to support its population. Yeah. Nowhere to fucking go. No imports and stuff like that coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, how quickly would it dissolve into Thunderdome? 20 years. Isn't that what they say? Every every civilization is three meals away from anarchy? Maybe. Probably I don't know. Even but... faster than 20 years, man. Like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, I think I always got the spread between Road Warrior and Mad Max. It looks about looks to be about 20 years. Like, he looks in his early 20s, mm-hmm. and he looks in his early 40s. Sure. Right? Like, do you think? I don't know. I, uh, that's maybe a stretch. Maybe, like, there were 30s. 10 years, I guess. So, maybe 15. Maybe. Say. Sure. Whatever. Like, he, he's gray. He's gray in uh, uh, yeah. in Mad Max Thunderdome, whereas he's young as shit in Road Warrior, right? Yeah. Like, he looks really young. And already stuff is, like, starting to go haywire in Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's a cop, but, like... Scott thoughts? Uh, any civilizations that's depending on Mel Gibson to keep it together going <laughs> <laughs> to shit. Yeah, but we didn't know it was a simpler time. <laughs> I'm just saying it's the Mel Gibson factors. I guess so. I read this great thing talking about the flora and fauna of um, Australia. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this out really quickly, but the um, apparently like the the natural plants and whatever that all grow in Australia grow incredibly slowly because the soil doesn't. Um, doesn't have the same amount of nutrients in it, and it's like this whole ecosystem that is set up around very, very slow growth. Right. And then when humans went in and they started 
um, growing regular crops and irrigating and whatever, the soil doesn't actually have the same mineral content that normal soil does in other parts of the world. Okay. And so growing crops there is, is more like mining than it is like farming. Because once you've grown a couple of crops, you've taken all of the nutrients out. It doesn't have a normal system to replace the nutrients in the soil, and so you, you can't farm there anymore. And so there's huge stretches of, uh, of Australian land that were like taken out, repurposed to be farmland, and then now we're nothing other than either desert or just like very, very shitty, poor soil that can't be reconstituted in any way. And um, it's why Australia switched over from like sort of being like a farming place to being more about like raising sheep and um, uh, other animals because you can like move them around a lot. Fun fact about Australia. Uh-huh. They invented the two flush toilets. Really? Like the pee Save flush water? and the poop flush? Yeah. Huh. They were like, Australia fucking is, like, even in modern day time, yeah. like, water is still that scarce. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for like sure. Like, when you're brushing your teeth, you, like, run a bit of water, shut it off, brush your teeth. Like, I mean, I guess which is what we all sort of should be doing. Yeah, totally. Like, realistically. No, we live in Canada. So? We still don't, yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no need to waste it. Yeah, I remember, there's, like, a, like, even in, like, modern day Australia, like, most people have, like, unbelievable... Like water saving habits because it's still right. like a very real hmm. shitty thing that Australia is running out of water. We should get some Australian listeners to write in. We we might have one. Really? Yeah. Can't you check where these things get downloaded? I can't check where the actual podcasts get downloaded. Oh, that sucks. I can see where people come on from the site. Really? Yeah, have we, we ever had any Australian hits? I'm sure we have, dude. Julie. Oh yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe she, not. She maybe. listens. Yeah. Every now and then she listens. Maybe. Awesome. She tells us. John had a heartwarming story about the podcast. Did I? Yeah. What? From... I forget his name. Jer? Jer. I was like, Ger. (laughs) Ger. Yeah, he told me he was like a long-time listener and that um, it was cool because he got to like, sort of like, feel like he's part of the gang, like hearing the same old stories and the the other shenanigans. Hi, Jer. (laughs) Miss you, buddy. (laughs) Jeremy. Congratulations on your wedding. John's hands are down his pants while he's, only while he said that. Yeah. This goes out to all the Jairs listening, not, not, not just any specific Jair. That's right, to all the Jairs. Hi, yeah. buddy, and congratulations <laughs> on your wedding. <laughs> my hand is down my pants. Uh, I, I'm somewhat comforted by the fact that we could be that friend for a completely anonymous person. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there's there's a some set. guy in Milwaukee who's like, well, those guys. Thanks, man. <laughs> the wedding was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great times. So what are you up to, Scott? What are you? Are you still playing Counter Strike? I'm playing Counter Strike. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to some new music, watching some new TV. We, we touched on it a little bit, but then you were like, "I want to talk about something else." It's kind of how this works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I started watching Arrow. Arrow. Uh, I don't even new, know what that is. The new television show about Green Arrow. Is it about the Afro Arrow? No, it's about Green Arrow. It's do American. The, do the yeah. bubbles dissolve in your mouth? I don't get that reference at all. The arrow. candy bar, Arrow. The Arrow no. bar. You put it in Not your mouth arrow. and it dissolves. Arrow. Arrow. arrow, green arrow. Is All that like the, the Green Lantern, but with arrows? No, it's a member of the JLA. Yeah, it's the Justice League. Really? Yeah, yeah. So yes, like the Green Lantern, but with arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like exactly like that. Yeah. Well, he's more like Actually, Batman. Th- think, he's more think, like Batman with a bow and arrow. Think like Hawkeye with a bow and arrow. Wait, wait. No. So, <laughs> so he's like a green Hawkeye, basically. So far, so good. It's it's not gonna win any awards for the brilliance of their writing or. Or drama. Is it DCU? Are there like other DC things, or is it like? It's it's hard to say. But they did introduce a character named Dinah Lance. They did introduce a character named Tom Merlin. They did 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta, you gotta be good with me. Diana's probably Wonder Woman, and then the other one. No, Diana Lance is in the comic books the name of Black Canary. Okay. And Merlin is like the anti Green Arrow, his his big nemesis. Okay. But where I'm in in the show, they're best friends. You can tell this is a great intellectual property because Arrow's Joker is named Merlin, and no one's ever heard of that ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've probably heard of Green Arrow, but you can't name a single Green Arrow villain. Black sure, I can. Merlin. No, Black Canary's a, a good guy. That's his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying you can tell it's a great intellectual property. Yeah. Well, it gives them the freedom, but like, it's not super important that her name is Dinah Lance, unless she becomes you're Black a fan, Black. right? And you're like, oh, yeah, it's Dinah. Okay, that's cool. Mm. Um, but like, there's no Batman. There's no Batman, no. But there might as well be, because Oliver Queen is a millionaire who gets stranded on an island and learns to Shoot an arrow. survive with his bow and arrow. Is it a magic then, bow and arrow? Is no. that why it's green? No. This guy's like a totally normal dude, just has a bow and arrow. He's, he's yeah. called Green Arrow because his original costume was just fucking Robin Hood, dude. Yeah. Like, his his actual, like, his old-timey, like, Silver Age costume is like... He, one thing Robin they, Hood. Yeah. One thing they did change is they introduced, uh, like, an extended family. So when he comes back from the island, he's got a sister okay. who he nicknamed Speedy which is the nickname of his sidekick in the comic book, Speedy. And then at a party, he catches his sister dealing and doing drugs, Uh which is like a big famous thing from the 70s. Speedy's a junkie. I was like really enjoying that little shot to the... Like okay, but is 70s. it good? It sounds like you're like getting off on the like, uh, hey, look, it's a reproduce. It's like a like a okay, low. Okay, it's it's era. not it's not Christopher Nolan's Batman. Oh no, of course not. But it's TV. but it's it's not the Captain America movie from the 80s either. Okay. You know, he's he's fighting bad guys and he's shooting arrows. And... Joel Schumacher's Batman? No, it's not Joel Schumacher's Batman either. It's it's probably a little bit closer to Blade in terms of quality. Okay, it's that's like, alright. Alright, we're, we're warm on Blade. Not... So like left them Nikita with an arrow. Yeah, like my, my brain isn't going, oh my god, this is so fucking good. But yeah. it's also not like, ugh. Either. Yeah, yeah, I'm digging it. I'm, 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 I've downloaded the first five episodes. I watched the first two, and I'm ready to watch the rest of them to huh. see what, what's going to happen next. Is it still on TV, or is it... Uh... It's, it's, it's new this new season. Yeah. Brand new show, yeah. Yeah, it's been on for a month. Um, apparently, Deadshot shows up soon, and Deathstroke... Ah, I could have said Deadshot. New Deadshot. <laughs> and Deathstroke the Terminator also shows up this season. So. Death Shark the Terminator. Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah. I was really wishing it was dead. Death Shark. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, we should. I'm gonna write a whole comic on Death Shark. Because <laughs> <laughs> regular sharks sound badass enough. Yeah, no, it's a Death Shark. He's got a fucking skull tattoo. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I'm watching The Wire. Watching my way through that. And that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. I know what a Stevador is now. Yep. What's a Stevador? Called... A dock worker. Huh. Why is it called the Stevador? Fucked if we know. <laughs> I think they said that in Mafia too. Because you go down, and you rough up some dock workers, uh-huh. and I believe the term stevedore is dropped at some point. Well, I'm pumped to hear what you have to say when you get to season four. Yeah, I heard That's... season three was like hit it out of the park. Yes, yeah, the writer, one of the writers, did a huge AMA on Reddit, and he was like, "Yeah, season three is where we like." really did exactly what we wanted. We were really happy with season four, and then season five got away from them a little bit. And that's and so, the last season, no? That's the last season of season five. But, like, it ends, you could tell, like, 
it was time to end it. I don't I don't feel like it was like canceled prematurely. It like very much had the, the like there's like the season story arcs and then every plot episode has its own little story arc, but then there's like a mega arc that covers all five seasons and it very much ends. Comes up, yeah. wraps up. Yeah. Like, like people are always complimenting Straczynski and whatever for his uh, bad five yeah. five well, year plan or whatever. This one really fucking did it so well. Yeah, well, because Straczynski didn't get to do it quite right, right? Really? Because they said they were going to cancel it after four, so he rushed all the important things into four, and then they were like, here's a fifth, and he's like, oh, god damn it. You so then he like, <laughs> stretched out a few loose plot threads into a whole season, and like, he didn't get to, he didn't really get to do it the way he wanted to, which I mean, I can't, you can't like... But isn't that, isn't that the thing? Fucking everybody tells me that Bad Five is amazing exactly because of that. They like... He had this massive arc that was perfectly yeah, well, executed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the massive arc. But then um, everybody's like, season one, yeah, just don't watch it. And then season five, oh, yeah, it's kind of rushed. Don't bother. <laughs> no, season no, season five is, is drawn out. Season yeah. five has the most like fluff episodes and whatever. Right, so, so the, this is the, the mystical five-season arc that season one and five are negligible. Everman. <laughs> but that was mostly like network shits because it was like season one, he had a five-season se- five story arc yeah. written out. Um, but Fox or whoever the fuck was making it was really pushing him to still make it episodic. Right. It was like, you can't have cliffhanger endings all the time. You can't have this. You still need to have, like, conflict resolution in every single episode, like Star Trek and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So he was, like, writing his big storyline, being forced to still write, like, single-story well, episodes. In a sense, I don't care about the reason. I care about the product at the end. Yeah. And I like I I I never like super I, I don't into I don't it. think like, yeah. I I'm glad I watched it I think yeah. the writing uh, like the the storytelling stuff is very very cool I don't think it ages well and I don't think there's any reason to watch it now yeah I think other yeah. things like with HBO and AMC and whatever have done that better like that storytelling okay and I, I when people are like I don't even have that much of a soft spot for it I fucking love the shit out of it I played a Babylon Five role playing game yeah dude. me too fucking yeah, like for like too. two years or something too really yeah. Crazy. A pretty With long Ed? Bab 5 campaign. No. Huh. Uh, other people. Non, non-sci-fi people as well. I was still in high school. Okay. But yeah, I was like... I was a big Bab 5 fan. I've never rewatched He's got re-watched. the biggest Bab 5 tattoo on his ass. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that, but I didn't Who didn't think me? I should put it on yeah. the well, podcast. Well, I mean, I like Delaney's face on my ass. <laughs> he tried passing it off Sitting on her face every day. You said Pass it off as a bookmark? You tried to pass it off as a birthmark for years. <laughs> my Delenn... <laughs> my Delenn-shaped hands. And it was weird because I got um, the tattoo before she got hair in the show, so it doesn't even make a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> add hair, and I was like... Well, I, I tried watching an episode a few months back, thinking like, oh yeah, I never really went through this properly. You know, like I watched a couple episodes here and there. Nope. It's rough. It's really... It's rough. If you don't have a nostalgia factor going on, it's, yeah. it would be poor... Yeah, <laughs> like whatever. What's his name? Londo and uh, Jakar, awesome. And that's kind yeah, of yeah. They have they have their little moments, and also the whole little um, I'm gonna see your head on a pike, and then I'm gonna wave at it just like this. And yeah, that, that moment was delightful. Exactly. Like the whole like, I really think he should have done it as comics. Which I mean, I think he yeah. thinks he. Should. I believe when I saw him speak, I think even he said he should have done it as comics. Really? Like not not to say whatever. that like Disney will buy it. And I'll make it again, and, <laughs> and it'll be grand. Be not, not not to say that he should that he couldn't do it on television or whatever mm-hmm. else like that. But he was like a lot of his ideas. He was forced to fit into what the network was like. He didn't hmm. have complete creative control like the way a lot of showrunners. As Mr. Lucas has taught us, though, that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, but except that Straczynski has like done cool stuff like Rising Stars and whatever, and mm-hmm. done really good runs of Spider-Man, and right. then, Midnight Nation, Thor. Right. 
Like he has a pretty good track record. Academy yeah, Award winning. He also wrote the worst criticism. Spider-Man story since the Clone Saga. So the, well done. The worst one. Yeah. But didn't he ask to get his name taken off of that? And that was a, yeah. that was yeah that was Marvel who Marvel who made that story. He explain, just wrote explain. the panels. Yeah. Uh, after working on Spider-Man for like three years. Yeah. Doing this fantastically I think weird longer. run. I think he had like a hundred issue run or something. It was like, like that. really really long. He was there yeah. forever. Okay. They basically said, okay, we don't think Peter Parker should be married. That's not really what our fans want, so just undo it. What? He's like, what do you, what do you mean, undo it? Like, you want them also to get divorced? Also make them younger. Yeah. No, don't don't let them get divorced. Just That's too real. Just undo it. I don't... What? He could kill okay, her. Let's say Aunt May gets shot, and then... And then he needs to save her. Oh, so you're, he, you're missing him. So he element. gives up... He gives up... Uh, something like the marriage to have her come back to life. But he's missing an important element. So, while so he's he asks, story. he asks Iron Man for help, and Iron Man's like, "I can't help you." Oh my god! You're and then, an and then Doctor Strange is like, "No way! Wait, I can't help you either. I'm, I'm just the world's best sorcerer. I can't, I can't fix someone getting shot who's almost dying." Okay. So I'm gonna ask the devil. Wait, what? The devil. Let's make a deal with the devil. You can have my marriage. Just annul it. Just erase it from history. Just pretend it never happened. You can have my love, basically. But the part that Scott's missing before he finishes the story oh, is that Marvel's, Marvel really, really thought it was important that at the end of everything, Spider-Man was back to being fun-loving, which was why all these darker ideas of like divorce and killing her off just wouldn't fly. Because they were like, and Spider-Man has to be happy at the end. Undo his marriage and make Spider-Man happy at the end. Go! Well... I don't understand how any <laughs> competent writer couldn't kill her and then have him go through this dark time and then no, emerge no, 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 from no, no, it at no, no, the no, end. No, 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 we don't want dark Spider-Man. That's wrong. No, no, want, no but for no, like no, no, a couple no, episodes. No, no, <laughs> no. Like th- this is this is what this he really went through. Like this yeah. is really what he happened. Four issues. That's it. What? Four <laughs> issues. The end of it. The devil, and Mary Jane remembers. What? That's that's the plot. Spider-Man forgets. He's like, "Wee! I got a job. I'm a photographer. Fun-loving Spidey. My Aunt May makes oat cakes. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man back in business, web-slinging and all. That's fucking great. He, um, he had done done such a long run that he had top billing above Spider-Man. Like, Straczynski's Spider-Man. Straczynski's Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. And they just said, just just erase that. We're going back. He's just going to live at home again. And, uh. You know, all that work he did on establishing these characters and his new job. Just, no, that's not what we want anymore. Holy uh, shit. Undo your hundred issues of writing. Well, four issues. Presumably they didn't get rid of everything that he did. He went back to living at home. Like, all their friends who were like... Everything his his, his identity was now secret again after he'd revealed it in Civil mm-hmm. War. Um, Harry and Norman Osborn were both alive again at the end of it. Wow. Like just, they just said okay what you have done great and those books are still there they're still on paper so people can read them but it's not continuity anymore they're just done undo it that's not what we want Spider-Man to be about jeez yeah. that's fucking so, harsh so, so he yes. wrote he wrote that and then he was like can I have my name removed off the books like I don't I don't want to be known as the guy who wrote these four issues and they were like nope well he lost top billing but right. he still says it in the thing. But like he, his name was on the covers. They, yeah. they 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 took his name off the covers. Like it doesn't say Straczynski wanted, on the top. He didn't want to. He wanted he to be wanted ghostwriting not it. Credit. 
Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't blame him. Can you imagine doing that? Spending how how many years? It was a hundred issues. It was just it was a really long time. Like I've got a lot of those books, and they're they're strange and they're interesting and they're weird and they talk about a lot of like deeper topics. Mm-hmm. Like why Spider Man's villains are all animals? Hmm. Like the octopus, the vulture, the rhino, the lizard, the lizard. Like and why Captain America's villains are all soldiers and why Doctor Strange fights. Other magicians and fascinating. Uh, Doctor, uh, the Fantastic Four fight scientists. Like he breaks it all down. Yeah. Or like not even breaks it down. He just kind of proposes these ideas and says, maybe this is why. Hmm. Well, he was um, supposedly the the whole concept of sixteen oh four was part partially part of like a conversation between him and Gaiman. That's the comic where they they're like the like the like bug for people turning into superheroes happens accidentally in 1600s rather yeah, exactly. than the modern because the era. Earth was the entire planet was never in danger until uh, World War Two. Right. That's when like the A bomb happened. The, right. The planet had to wake up, and, and so like right. the planet had to wake up. So like stuff like mutants and whatever, just like chemical things that were like the existence of the heroic age. Mm-hmm. It was a function of the atomic age, whatever. So, sure. Like, the Earth gets threatened fucking, like, 500 years earlier, and, like, the age of heroes just, like, ramps up 500 years earlier. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I read it. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Kind of stupid that they tied it into continuity. Did they? Yeah. They uh, Captain America was sent back in time, and that's the... Oh, yeah, travel yeah. was the trigger effect. Yeah. yeah, which apparently was also greatly opposed by Gaiman. Like, <laughs> that sort of sucks. Like, that. that's one thing that bothers me. Marvel... Needs a was it what, what is it does it Disney. does it Disney does Marvel need Disney no 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 Marvel doesn't need Disney but uh, Val, not Valiant um, what was DC's like creator run Vertigo Vertigo no, it was a v. yeah it's just sort of like a place where you can like tell these stories and they don't have to be continuity because Marvel mm. is always like but you know that happened with Vertigo and Atlantis right like. Sandman is constantly being tied in. They get superheroes show up and stuff. Which is so dumb. Swamp Thing, same thing. It's yeah. tied in. But Swamp, but Swamp Thing was like... Swamp Thing started as DC and then got moved to be Vertigo's flagship, right? Like, yeah. when... More. But right away with more? Because I think when more started, it was just DC. Yeah. Because... And then they were like, oh shit, what are you doing? Have you... there's a Vertigo book. Have you looked at the first, like, couple issues of them? Like, I've read a couple of them. Yeah, 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 I I have the 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 run of it. It's so fucking different. Like, like if you just sort of like if you look at a comparison of like Swamp Thing last month, and it's like Swamp Thing saving the girl or whatever, and then it's like these fucking like floor ceiling like uh, vertical columns with like words stretching through them and like intertwining with like leaves pulling everywhere, and you're like, what the fuck? Like from one month to the next. Spe- speaking as a man who's never read any Swamp Things. It went from being a superhero book, like, okay. four I'm going to save the day. Yeah. I'm yeah. a swamp thing. Oh, ho! To, like, an acid trip. Mm-hmm. Instantaneous acid trip, and why am I, like, feeling the thoughts of a plant? But <laughs> like, was it a good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition? Yeah. Well, no, it was a terrible transition, but, like, <laughs> the end result was good. Like, right. Alan Moore's, like, swamp thing run is... Isn't, isn't that one of the things that, like, rocketed him to... That rocketed to, him up and, like... To notoriety, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like pave the way for kind of like Vertigo titles and stuff like that of like oh shit right. people actually will buy comics that are not just about a dude fucking guys like, in underwear on the flying outside around and, and like, saving the, the world girls, yeah. and we talked about that with um, on 
Uncle Plug Yourself with the, with Yannick Paquette, how they were like, you guys need to make sure that you're part of like the New 52 or whatever else like that. <laughs> and he was like, okay, so Superman shows up. Okay. And then he leaves. Okay. And they were like, contract Duh. finished. So like, <laughs> shake hands and let's move on with the Swamp Thing story. <laughs> like, he was like saying, that was like, they were like, are you fucking kidding me? We need to make sure that this is like in continuity. They're like, yeah. Because they're like, none of it makes sense in continuity. Swamp Thing doesn't make any sense. I don't know anything about Swamp Thing. There's a guy named Alec Holland. Who okay. He's a scientist. He's a botanist. And he's in the swamps and he's working. Yeah. Then he dies. Okay. In the swamps. Falls into the swamp. And then he comes back. And he comes back as a living plant creature. Right. Can, can control plants. Okay. And control his body like a plant. Plants can't control their bodies. Well, like, he can grow flowers and shit out of his chest. And okay. And that was his thing. That was his power. He was, he's strong. He's sad, and he's like upset, and he's strong like a tree. And Doesn't understand what the fuck is happening to him. Yeah, and he's like he a superhero. A... Okay. And then Alan Moore gets his roots into him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the... the, the and is like... The, the story goes that the comic was, like, supposed to be fucking on the verge of cancellation. Mm-hmm. And, like, young upstart Alan Moore was just sort of like, can I just, like... Do whatever I want with it, and if it still sucks, we just cancel it when we're supposed to. Because it's supposed to be like they were going to can it in like two or three months. Right. He's like, I'll just write whatever the fuck I want, and if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, we're we're not any further behind than we were like when you decide you were going to cancel in the next few months. And they were like, sure thing. So then, yeah. Well, Swamp Thing becomes this metaphysical comic about environmentalism and life and death and. The spiritual world of the planet and Gaia, and it's just it's it's a huge trip. And he stops fighting bulldozers and starts looking at the universe. And it's really really bizarre and weird. Huh. And but is it good? Well, it got the it it became Vertigo's flagship comic. Got the saved the saved Swamp Thing from cancellation and right. like yeah. Start- without that, you don't really have Sandman. And you don't really have. Yeah, I was gonna say because Sandman isn't there some kind of connection between the two? Like they, no. it's, it's just Vertigo and Swamp Thing now. Well, there's like a connection in that Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman are British. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's and, okay. Weird. It was the first comic, like I said, it was the first big comic produced by one of the big houses that was like not at all spandex and whatever. Because this was like what, like eighty two, eighty three. Like yeah, it was like absolutely not for children. Absolutely. Right uninterested in saving the day and returning the status quo at the end of every episode issue right. one. Yeah. Like, there definitely would be no Watchmen without Swamp Thing. Okay. Like, nobody would have let him write Watchmen if he hadn't written Swamp Thing. Right. So, in that way, pretty fucking important. Sure. It's a little hard to read. Like, it's a little dated and stuff like that. And the art, the art is very dated. Right. Like, and the story isn't quite as strong as Watchmen to necessarily carry. Which is funny because Watchmen is so still relevant. Like, I, I really only read it the a couple of years dated, ago. The though. Sure, but it's like, not. The art. The only reason the art works is because it's supposed to be the '80s. Like, if you were yeah. like trying to like picture that as a modern story, you'd be like, eh, "This art's garbage," you know? Like, probably. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's like tolerable in the retro sense. But yeah. I don't know. I think reading The Watchmen now, you really have to look at it as a historical artifact. Well, isn't that part of part of Alan Moore's thing? He's like, I don't want to sell the Watchmen anymore because he doesn't think people it be won't print. people won't get it. Yeah, because yeah. you know, you're, we're not like we're we're all in our thirties or mm, late twenties yeah. and thirties, and like we're not 
affected by a post-Vietnam world. We're not in the oh, middle and, of And, and of clearly I'm too retarded to be able to interpret a piece of art in that mindset. No, but like, we're not able to be affected by the art in the same way. We haven't been, like... We weren't fucking bombarded by the war on television. And paranoia and, yeah. This, and, the very real fear, fear that an atomic bomb is about to fucking fall. That's right? like, still pretty... We can still see that happening. On us? We, no, man. Well, we're, we're Canadian. Everybody loves Canada. But, hey. the, but, like, we're not in the middle of the Cold War where yeah. this was life. Right. Like, this I was... can understand the Cold War in a historical perspective. I don't really have a fear of a country that was about to nuke us. Yeah. You know what like, I'm saying? There's like, no evil empire out there that is going to destroy us all. Well, sure, it's the States. hey uh, <laughs> Politics. Hey, politics time. Did you hear about the fucking petitions? Yeah, to secede from the USA. Look, everybody was all getting excited about that at the office, and like, let's oh, let's be nonsense. real. It's fucking twenty thousand, two like like fifty thousand people signing these. You're fucking like that's the population of a small redneck racist town. So I don't I don't understand why people are getting all excited about these petitions. <laughs> Whatever. I've seen all kinds of wonderful statements from the right wing that have I've completely enjoyed. Um, Paul Ryan has said this wasn't an attack on Republican policies. This was just uh, unexpected amount of urban voters. Wow. Was that, that was a quote he did today. Yeah. He was like, no, no, no. People still want tax cuts for the rich, and they still want this. They just – they're just black. <laughs> That's wow. basically what I, I read this huge thing that was saying Romney ha- had no fucking clue he was going to lose. He was like – all of his aides, all of his studies, everything. He was surrounded by yes men the whole way through. He well, didn't. He didn't write a concession speech. Everybody was like, "You're you're absolutely going to win this thing, no problem." Well, because from from like political analysts and stuff like that, yeah. like he should have, like, not not to say like he should have, no. but they were like all the swing states voted Obama due to like carefully targeted campaigning. Okay, but which, but it's it's different than that. Like when you have a like a poll that says. Uh, Obama is leading by three points and the margin of error is four, yeah. you can say, okay, that's within the margin of error. It can go either way. Right. But the thing that the Republicans really, really didn't do was when you have 20 polls that say Ohio, Obama is going to win by three points and the margin of error on each of them is four. Yeah. The margin of error for all of them is no longer four. Yeah. 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 Like the, the, the size of those polls that they have now taken has surpassed the margin of error and it was almost a lock that he was winning. And yeah. Yeah. The way that they had to present it was that there's still a chance in order to, you know, keep the the base motivated and try to win those things over and have those people not just give in to, like, the inevitability of it. But But, he also didn't have the same – nearly the same amount of, like, targeted campaigning. Like, they were saying, like, they – like, when they were talking about how the the vote went down, it went down in an exact opposite way um, as Obama versus McCain. Where they were like, Obama was just sort of like, I have this big message, yeah. to hope for the best, and McCain was trying to go after those swing states mm-hmm. specifically. He ended up the big message ended up winning. So in this case, Romney had the big message because people didn't believe in Obama's message anymore because he didn't fucking produce miracles in four years because fucking inherited a great big pile of shit. Well, in the next four, and that's what's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe. Well, like, cross your fingers. Well, the economy on that is not going to be an issue. It's on the recovery. It's on the upswing. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, they, they, He's they just going to reap the benefits, yeah. no matter what happens. Well, they say it takes like it takes about four years for four years of a presidency to 
having a noticeable effect. Have a noticeable effect. So, like, technically, yeah. he's only going to be reaping the benefits of any of his policies starting now. Yeah. And the in the last four years has been him cleaning up after Bush's policies. Like, yeah. like they were saying that they were like um, the, the the increased taxation on the rich or whatever. They were like mm-hmm. the last president to do this was Bill Clinton, who started his presidency with a deficit and ended with the biggest surplus in American history. Right. Like, and it was a 1.2 percent raise, right? That Bill Clinton introduced. Yeah. Where Bill Clinton inherited a deficit, turned it into a surplus. Turned it into a surplus, which was immediately years. demolished by Bush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I was thinking really hard about this, and I want like my thoughts are that I'm very happy and excited Obama got elected again. But you know what? It doesn't make up for electing Bush twice. It's like it's a good step, America, to like fixing what you did. <laughs> but you're you're not all the way there. Don't think for a second that this is enough. White white Americans. What are the percentage that voted for Obama? Thirty nine percent. Are you serious? Thirty nine percent. 61% of white Americans voted for Mitt Romney. There is a race war coming into the United States, and it's going to be crazy. What, what fucks me up about you, you guys saying that like it was, it was mis, like misinterpretation of the statistics on the Romney side, like, he's supposed to be the numbers guy. Like, wasn't he's, that his he's, thing? He's, he's the fucking businessman yeah, who's going to yeah, have all the yeah, stats, exactly. all the fucking information. But I mean, but he probably had to believe his own hype and believe that, like, nope, he had a message. Of, you like, don't have to believe your own oh. hype. Like, you have to show that you're, you're sell, you have to sell your hype, but you better behind closed doors be honest with yourself about what's actually going on. You can. So, <laughs> really? Touching on American politics, yeah. you know that Stephen Colbert has a super PAC. Didn't he cancel it today? Yeah. So yeah. you know what he did when he canceled his super PAC? No. So a super PAC is a fundraising machine that allows you to raise money as an individual but spend it without having to follow the yeah. strict laws of campaign yeah. spending. And it completely legally, he closed the super PAC and kept all the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and th- that was the big thing. Like, there's, I don't there's... have to tell you where, where it's going. That's the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we had a war chest of millions of dollars, and he's like, thank you all for raising this money. For my campaign, Super PAC is closed. I don't have to tell you where this money is going. Wow. That's a little... And that's how it works for all the Super PACs. That's so fucking broken. Oh, my God. I hate fucking America. <laughs> it's just like... I mean, we have our own problems, too, but, like, there's just, like, a fucking... The scale is really not at all the same. Like we have, we have political well, we're not fucking in fiascos. Of the world. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. We have political fiascos that are like fucking. Um, what's his name? Brian Mulroney embezzling or, or twisting a system so he he made an extra forty thousand dollars out of a out of a thing, and that was like a big fucking scandal at the yeah, end of the nineties. This was one particular one. It was it was over or, or no, it wasn't it was more. The Airbus. It was Airbus scandal. The Airbus scandals where he was getting kickbacks from giving government funding to the Airbus and whatever. I guess that was there, but but it was still like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? The scandal was uh, Kretzian. Yeah, it was Kretzian, and that was for um, golf clubs golf, or something in fucking Sherbrooke that he was like making forty grand, right? That's a big scandal in Canadian politics. That is not the same in the USA. Well, but it's also like millions. Did you, tens did you hear of that weird uh, fucking like economic thing that apparently they were like. In 50 years or whatever, Canada is expected to be the richest G8 country. Really? Something like that, yeah. How the fuck does that work? Like per capita, obviously. Oh, I mean, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously China. Like, yeah. you know, like, whatever the fuck it is, but they were like, like per capita. That deficit. Yeah, exactly. Like, Canada are supposed to have, like, the richest individuals within the next 50 years. Really? Yeah. We should fucking get on board that. I don't know how, <laughs> but we really should. We should ride that train, fuck. 
coming up to the, 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 the top of the hour. Are we? Yeah. yeah music. I've been listening to some new music. The new Crystal Castles. Oh, I didn't listen to it. I really wanted to. Is it good? It's called Three. It's really, really good. It's a lot. It's just called Crystal Castles. It just happens to be the third. No, it's got a title. It's Bracket One, Two, Three, Roman numeral Three, Close Bracket. That's what's three. Yeah. I feel that that might be a standard. The cover is blank. Is it as good as the first one? No, not even. No, it's not as good as the first one. It's far better than the second one. Well, that's that wasn't. It's really mellow, man. Fucking, I hate mellow. Fucking Crystal Castles is at their best when they're fucking screechy. I've listened to it at least two or three times. Yeah. Start to finish. I went to it like ten or eleven. Yeah. And every time it ends, I'm like, like I listen to it. I like. Here's what I like it for. I am currently reading. Uh, Irvine Welsh's Ecstasy Love Stories of a Chemical Romance or whatever like his book of three novellas Irvine okay. Welsh of Trainspotting fame right. <clears throat> and it's like all his book like three different completely unrelated novellas that are just about uh, like as a central core have like ecstasy and club culture not even as the core of it but like related related to it sure. I I don't know if it's particularly because of that book or whatever I like to listen to the Crystal Castles album <laughs> while reading like <laughs> I can see that it's it's got a good soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack. It, but but you know what I mean. But it's like it hasn't engaged me enough that like because like there's a lot of music where I listen to it and I will not be able to read. I'll just be like, I really want to listen to this fucking music and I right. don't want to have to fucking like devote my mind or whatever. Or as Crystal Castles, I'm like, all right, instead of listening to it at sixty percent volume, I'll listen to it at forty percent volume and read. Right. Like and that's it's good to me that's an indication it is not very good it is well, not very rocking is okay. what it's not but it's melodic and it's it's musically advanced on the second album do you want me to do you want me to do you want me to do my Crystal Castles impersonation I really didn't want you to do that and I want you to stop now if one of you guys kept the diddities going it would be better yeah I'm really not going to do that he sings the juice song. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like, uh, I also right. listened to the new Green Day album. Uno. Oh, really? They put out a new one? Yeah. They're, before they're, they went crazy? It's not before they went crazy. This is part of their going crazy. Yeah. They're supposed to be releasing three albums in like four months or something. Seriously? Yeah. Uno does is it all material crazy. they've been going on or are they just it's like... New. It's all new. It's new stuff. It's, it's good. It sounds a lot like 21 Guns. The whole album. Understandable. Um, I listened to the new Gaslight Anthem album, mm-hmm. and they do a cover of Nirvana's Sliver. Cool. That is not an interpretation; it's a straight cover of the song, and it makes me feel really old. It makes me f- so understand. They don't change now. anything. No, and like sings like Kurt, and that's weird as shit. It well, makes it's me understand the album. Si- Okay, it's really easy to feel old when dealing anything with Nirvana because we were around when it was happening. Right, right, and listening to it when it was happening, that was well, 20 years it ago. It makes me think of those 16-year-old girls wearing the Nirvana t-shirts I see on the Metro now. And right. It's just like, huh, that's what, that's what you think of my teenage rebellion. Fuck. It's now ironic. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like a Che Guevara. Yeah. Just some angry Cubans somewhere. Yeah. And the new Passion Pit album is okay. I don't even know what Passion Pit is. It's got reviews. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Passion Pit. Okay. They're very happy about everything. and uh, Passion Pit. Yeah. Huh. You know that. You're going to drive me crazy. You're going to drive me wild. No. Keep going. No, 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 keep no, singing. Do it a little bit longer. Yeah. Or dancing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For the listeners. They're the 
best band of the 90s, if you want to call them a band, because it's more of a one-man thing. What? No. Funk's old brother. That was a what passion fit. That was yeah, Fat Boy Slim. That was Fat Boy Slim. He was one. He was a one-man thing. One-man yeah. thing. I love that bit in the album. That's great. Wait, that's in Passion Pit? No, that's in the fucking... The Rock of Feather Skank? Yeah, and the guy Radio DJ calls in. Is, uh, never mind. Oh, the guy who's like, who's singing it? Yeah, like, he's singing it. I don't, don't know which one you're talking out? about. No, <laughs> the funk soul of the guy. I love that little sound clip. That's awesome. Yeah. Sound clips. They don't, they don't make enough fucking appearances in music. Hip-hop. Hip-hop's all over sound clips. Like, yeah. non-musical. I used to, whenever I make, like, mix CDs, I like to have, like... Like, since the propeller heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever I make mix cities, I have like a little like intro like clips of like whatever. Sarah gets so pissed. She's like, I just delete them. Like if I make her a playlist, she deletes them. Really? It's the fucking uh, um, a lot of the Fensler films stuff. I would just have as a clip bottom <laughs> like whatever, in like the middle of the CD, and I'm like, that shit's hilarious. Yeah, I get so happy. She deletes them from their playlist. She can't delete them from CDs. So that shit's cool. Burn CDs. John, any music you listen to? Nope. No? None. 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 I listened to Metallica today, a whole bunch of Ride the Lightning and Justice for All. It was grand. I was playing League of Legends. Great. I don't know if I if I told you guys or if I talked about this on the show. I don't think I have. Uh-huh. That I, I, there is a dubstep band. That no, we I, talked about this. We talked about this, but I don't think on the podcast. No. Yeah, there's now a dubstep group or band or duo. or In your DJ rotation? In my rotation. Called? Knife Party. Knife party. Yep. And how they got me was really simple, is that they keep a beat going during the drop. So they don't just, like, abandon the song completely for the, like, like, while that's going on, because they do it, because it's dubstep, they still keep, like, a, like, whatever, and you're like, yeah. I, I don't think that's a, a proper drop, then. Maybe not. So maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's post-dubstep. I don't know if they want to call it that, but I think that the really more of it... <laughs> it's postmodern dubstep. It's, uh, we were talking about this in the car when we were listening to Knife Party, and I, I, I admitted there, and I will do so now, I don't really have a problem with dubstep. I think <laughs> it can be kind of fun. It's not fucking great. We're not going to be listening to dubstep in five years, but it's still like kind of entertaining as a dancey, high, uh, high beat, high impact music. I like it. And watch that YouTube video where it's old people listening to dubstep. It's fantastic that video. Yeah, they just get like seven or eight senior citizens and make them listen to Skrillex <laughs> and comment on it. Right, and like six of them hate it, and two of them are like, "I, I kind of like this. I'm hip. I'm with it." <laughs> right. We're sort of like, "It's slow." I like the way that it's slow. <laughs> like, the worst part, though, is we were talking about this with some kids. Oh, my God. Uh, too bad. We're running out of time. I really wanted to talk about the Death from Above show, and there was a story that I wanted to talk about it. I saw Death from Above in 1979, and it was amazing. Just write an article, man. Yeah, I know, but the story isn't about Death from Above. It's about... I'll, I'll tell you about it. Maybe, maybe we, this can be like a, like a preview for what will come on next episode. We'll start with your... Exciting Death from Above 1979 story. That is not really about Death from Above 1979. That's right. Yeah! Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Be sure to tune in next time when Keith tells the story. I'm going to tell you a story about Quebec City that is vaguely related to Death from Above 1979. But not really. Not not really. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. I'm Scott. I'm John. I'm Keith. I'm John. Yay!
Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.